helping you navigate the Disney parks. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. You're listening to Rope Drop Radio. Welcome to another Rope Drop Radio. Derek and Doug talking all things Star Wars tonight. Yes. Finally, one of us, not me, mm-hmm, experienced mm-hmm. Galaxy's Edge. Doug, welcome back to Thank you. a galaxy Earth? not far, far away. Yeah, it was a long journey to Batu. It, it, well, it must have been, and you're only there for a, a short amount of time. You, it's almost like you flew and flew back way too quickly. Basically. Hyperspeed. Hyper speed for sure. And we quick. are going to talk all about that. But first, we have to read an iTunes review. Doug? Yes, we do. We have an iTunes review. And uh, remember, this is the part where I mispronounce usernames. So I'm going to say thank you to this user. The uh, title is Great Tips and Tricks. And it's by Bailey. And then a whole bunch of emojis that, you know. I you saw those emojis. They're pretty look. cool. Yeah. All right. Doug and Derek, thank you so much for the great tips and tricks on the Disney parks and all things Disney. Our next trip is in four years, and I realized from the podcast how much of Disney we have been missing. Thank you again for the amazing tips and tricks. Thank you, Bailey. And you need to make a trip a little sooner than four years. I know. Imagine all the tips and tricks we'll have acquired. In that amount of time, but you gotta, if you gotta wait that long, you might as well get some magic somehow. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you very much yeah. for making Rope Drop Radio part of your week. Everyone who's listening right now, thank you so much. And I don't know how you can wait four years, Doug, because Star Wars is opening up and you got to experience Galaxy's Edge out on the West Coast. Yes. And for me, I get to experience it on the East Coast in August 28th. You don't have a countdown going, Derek? I do not yet. I had to live vicariously through you. Uh, The year's going probably pretty quickly, so I am excited my trip is on the calendar and coming up. But, Doug, you got to experience it pretty early on, and uh, that's pretty amazing. We got to live vicariously. A lot of social media posts, so love those. If you haven't, go back. Go like Rope Drop Radio on all the things, and you can understand a little bit more. And, Doug, you'll be posting some more pictures with this show but first off, Doug, I want to hear, because I think a few weeks ago you said, Derek, you're probably going to cry. Doug, mm-hmm. when you walked in to the land, what were your overall first impressions? Well, the first impression was the fact that I was in a mob of people and I was trying not to step on someone or lose Michelle. Um, that was the main first impression, unfortunately, was just we rope dropped. We were in the very first group of the day. So it was that, you know herding of cattle feel and then as we got into it you opened up and they're like cantina this way smugglers run that way and so then we made that merge and then it started to sink in like oh my gosh there there is a ship there is the millennium falcon there is this holy cow there it is and it was pretty overwhelming just to see it all in person but it happened very quick and then all of a sudden we were in a line for the cantina and came to a stop so it was a typical Disney rope drop of let's let everybody gather in a mob and then walk all the way across the park from Tomorrowland to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Which yeah, is I saw where you all started. The, that is a long walk. I, why did Disneyland uh, do that? I, just so they didn't have to pe- keep people out of other areas of the park, probably. But my gosh, it was a long ways to walk in a mob. Um, I will be honest, somebody stepped on Michelle's hills a couple times. I don't Somebody. Know I don't know who. Well, that jerk know. probably should have been leading, mm-hmm. not Pat, following. No. 
I, I will say who was leading is uh, Alex was with us, Michelle's coworker. He is definitely a dart weave bob rope dropper. He is hard to keep up with. He's the fullback of the group. You're trying to yeah, be the and running. Michelle's back. pretty good too. I am just not aggressive enough in those situations, and so I was just trying to keep my hand on Michelle at times. Sometimes I failed, but we all got to you the got there. You got pictures. I saw it, so you it, made it safely. It's it's everything. No children were harmed. Well, there were no there were no children. Oh, harmed. Yeah, I mean, there was maybe like five kids in that crowd. Maybe the, there was barely kids in Galaxy's Edge, but I. It was it was just amazing to see. It's what we were promised. You walk in, you're like, oh, we're in Star Wars. However, it doesn't quite get the same feels. Like if you're a huge Harry Potter fan, you walk in and you see Hogwarts, right? And you like you recognize that. Where you walk into Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, you see some spires, you see random ships, but you don't see like an iconic figure until you're back in it and you see the Millennium Falcon. Okay. That makes sense. It does. Yeah. Because they didn't build it like, oh, hey, there is an at-at standing there. Or there's like, there's not an icon necessarily up high that you see from a distance. Okay. I don't know what they would put. Like, I have no Jedi idea. Temple from the prequels? I don't know. But it doesn't have that same, I think, I think walking, turning into Hogwarts, you get a little more emotional slap in the face. Than you do until you weave all the way through and you see the Millennium Falcon. Okay. There's a ramble for us. I know, but I, I like that. It gives me something to expect and understand. So uh, what I was shocked was the reservation systems that they have going at Disneyland right now. And you were, I believe, the first reservation of the day? We were. We had the 8 a.m. to noon. And then we had another one from 11 to 3. And then we had another one from 8 to midnight. So we had gotten three. The first one was because we had a hotel booked. And then the other ones because and Michelle a, a hotel that's on property, right? On property, one of the three on property hotels, you automatically get a reservation. I will say this right now, top of the show, get online right now, contact your travel agent if you really want to go see Galaxy's Edge with the smallest crowd you will ever see it with. You need to go before June twenty third. There's because still that's when the reservation system's ending, yep. right? You will get a four-hour window where you will never experience it with lower crowds. I will bet money on that because it was spectacular for us who had reservations. Come June 23rd or the 24th, I guess, would be the day that it's open to the general public. Lord have mercy on your soul standing in line to get into the land. I'm just – I'll say that now. We yeah. got – Pretty special treatment with this reservation. You did. System. I mean, you you did a lot. I was shocked with some of the pictures you took. I was like, "Where's all the people?" And so you're saying, as soon as uh, July basically hits, you're going to be overwhelmed. Good luck. So, like, the first reservation was eight to noon. The next people got in at eleven. So by like that ten o'clock hour was spectacular. And then from that eleven to three window, all the eight to noon people had to leave. So from noon to two. It was just one reservation window, and the next people got in at two. So there was always an over of, hour of overlap. And then we noticed, though, they weren't doing a great job of kicking people out like they said they would. So our eight to midnight one was a little more crowded. Hmm. However, at one point, we were asked to leave. I'll tell you that. Okay. That's a story for another another time. Another time. Maybe a Patreon story eventually. Maybe. Maybe. Well, yeah. We, we were like the three people asked to leave. 
Well, but hopefully you got to experience enough and can give a full yeah. review, so full it review. was okay. So let's first talk about the cantina. I was really interested in this. This is what you rope dropped. Why and what was your experience on how was the cantina? So why? Because there was a line like the rest of the day, and then it gets to the point where the line's so big they take your phone number and then they text you to tell you to come back to line. Um, it's insane. It's really cool inside. It looks like you'd expect. It's about half the size it should be, it though. It looks small. I thought it that is. when you did a live video. Uh, you saw the whole thing in that live okay. video. Like 15 seconds to walk from one end to the other end and back. I mean, not a big place. I don't really understand. I understand they want it to be intimate and personal experience. But it could have been a little bigger, and they still did that. Just a little bit, Disney. Come on. Um, but it was amazing. Uh, the drinks, the, the, I got the uh, Cliff Dweller, which is the one that comes in the Porg mug, because I knew if Claire discovered there was a Porg mug that existed and we did not get it for her, life would end. It, it, it was could. a necess necessity. And it also made for really good pictures for Michelle to send to her clients. Yep. So there's always that reasoning when we buy stuff. It's research, folks. And the drink... I could drink it just fine. It was fruity and probably not much alcohol in there. Um, and you're drinking at what, 9 a.m.? 8 a.m., 8 a.m. I did say it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Um, we did share our table with uh, two other adults and their child, and he had, like, no teeth. And he and Alex was with us and pointed out I was a dentist. So then the kids started talking to me about his lack of teeth. Couldn't understand a word he said. It was it was uh, interesting. He got the blue milk, of course. They have a blue milk. It comes with like a cookie on it for the kids uh, while, you know, their parents are drinking at 8 a.m. Um, Michelle got a drink, the uh, Fuzzy Tauntaun, and like the foam on it like made your mouth go numb. I don't Ooh. understand. I did not try it because it sounded too dangerous for my simple palate. I don't know. Alex got some coffee thing that he... One drink he liked, one drink he didn't. He had the Ewok drink, the Nub Nub as well. Ooh, the Nub Nub, by the yeah, way. I, so love, I still the, love that song. The The mug is really cool for the the Nub Nub. It's like a, a tree carved with Ewoks and stuff. And tells the story of the indoor battle right oh, there on your cup. That's pretty cool. And you get to keep all the cups. Yeah, and you don't like have to take the dirty one that you just had a drink in. They bring you one in a box. And you oh, take that's it. nice at Disney. It's, it's like totally new. Um, you're not getting a used Nub Nub cup or Cliff Dweller pork. Okay, uh, I like that. Yeah. And DJ Rex is in there. I um, saw that. Rex is from the first iteration of Star Tours. Yep. He was horrible pilot that did everything wrong. He still is horrible. Um, maybe not the best DJ. They also play DJ Rex in the... Um, bathrooms or the refreshers as they are called in the star wars does it say restrooms on the map and on the sign outside of it yes extremely disappointing for this star wars fan but then again they probably don't want to have to say that's the bathrooms it's called the refresher didn't they have a problem Every with uh, avatar land with the bathrooms and things like that so i think they've learned from that mistake uh, they they've, they've learned they've learned a few mistakes but you know where there's not a bathroom in the cantina does tell me that makes any sense well like, it's, it's too smart. small to add a bathroom anyway right. and there is a 45 minute limit or a two drink limit when you're in the cantina whatever comes first so if you get your second drink drink it slow enough slow, to get your okay. 45 minutes because you waited hours how much were those drinks though 
Um, you know, a lot. We'll just they're on par with Disney. The you know Trader Sam's mugs that are collectible on yep. par with that. Okay. So uh, prices could change in the week. Just to be honest, once they hit general public, that's not worth saying the price, but on par. I wouldn't say they were too excessive or there wasn't a deal. Not going to say that either. What about what about food? Food. We're skip. We're going down to food. All right. Well, no, so, in the cantina. Oh, there was food in the cantina. Yes, there was. I saw that, Michelle. Okay. I saw Michelle's so, picture. Since we were there at 8 a.m., it was breakfast food. So there was like a yogurt and oatmeal thing that one of the people with us got that looked pretty tasty. And then we got a cinnamon roll that had crushed Oreos on top of it. None of it called cinnamon roll or Oreos. It has an actual, you know, nerdy name, but that's what we got. And it was basically diabetes on a plate, which is the best way to start your day. Well, I'm glad you just explained that to me because you sent me a picture of it. And you're a terrible picture taker. It was one big blur of ice. And I was just like, I don't know what that is. So now I know. Yeah, I'm an excellent photographer. I will say this. We took, Michelle included, Alex included, a lot of really bad photos. A lot of low light, um, not just in the cantina, but in other areas. So there's a lot, there's more bad photos than good photos being taken in Galaxy's Edge. Just going to say that. So bring a light, maybe. One of my little maybe. So yeah, there's the cantina. It was yep. good. It was a good experience. Um, could be bigger, but hey, we got right in. We got a table. There aren't many tables. Most people are standing and drinking, which makes it easier to, for the forty-five minute limit to happen. There you go. All right. Enough about drinking at eight in the morning. Let's move <laughs> on to what's the best thing to do after you drink alcohol. To fly something. To fly something, Doug. Yeah. They didn't. Dang, you getting DUI or anything with that? Flying the Millennium Falcon under the influence. I yeah. love it. Yeah. So you run over to what is some were thinking is going to be the ride of rides. First, was it easy to find? Uh, yes. Yes. There's no trouble finding anything like that. Now, the cantina signage, minimal. Um, the lightsaber place, no signage at all. Droid Depot, no signage. Um the uh, there's an antiquity shop it says antiquities in the star wars language so that stuff you need to know it's there so a little bit of research uh is going to help you out because they're hidden Mm -hmm. right you're hiding from the first order a little bit but the cantina not hiding a thing it has a sign it says cantina it lights up at night now smugglers run super easy to find you go past the Millennium Falcon, and there's the line, and it says the wait times just like every other Disney ride. All right, well, let's talk about the queue. The first thing you have to experience is this interactive? Is this fun, or are you waiting between bars? Does um, Chewbacca come out and say hello? What do, what do we got there? So there's no porgs on your shoulder or anything, but uh, that there's is a not lot immersive to look at. at all. No, there's a lot to look at, a lot of things going on. Um, if you're a big star wars fan you're gonna find a lot of easter eggs if you're just a star wars fan of the movies the millennium falcon is your easter egg i'll just say it that way um now samantha this is gonna go throughout the whole land with this next statement like the whole area it's like there's things for different levels of star wars fan there's these my daughter samantha who reads all the books i showed her a picture i texted her a picture she knew the name of the walk around character that i didn't know Ooh, right. There you go. And then there's 
the level of me where I watch the YouTube videos, I watch the cartoons, but I don't read because reading is painful for me. It hurts my eyes physically. I have an ailment to reading. Allergic. Hopefully pain. you read a couple dental books in college I did. just because that's, you are my dentist. That's why I can't read now. Oh, I actually okay, did good. read a comic book to prepare for the trip. Oh, wonderful. That's different. Yeah, that's a comic book. I realize that's not much reading. Um, so then there's stuff like that I could get. The, you know, I can go the next level. And then there's like where Michelle is. She knows the movies. Not much more. She knows more because of Ahsoka and like what Sam and I have said. But like, and so the queue I think has mostly stuff for Samantha, okay. right? And there's a few things for the Dugs of the world until you get to the first pre-show. Then you go and, and like you have views of the Millennium Falcon from up above. Like you're queuing around it. You never go into it where it's sitting in the land. And I'll explain that. Um, so then you get to the first pre-show, they divide you into two different sides, and you walk in, and there's the big feature animatronic of Hondo, Onaka. Which I feel it's, is great, because only if you watch Rebels will you understand who that is. Or Clone Wars. Well, he was a little bit in Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's kind of obnoxious in Rebels. Yeah, in I didn't like opinion. him. I didn't like his character. I, yeah, so... I like it. I like that they're including characters that not everybody knows. So like Samantha walks in, she loves it. I like it. But 90% of the people have no stinking clue who that is, right? So you watch social media and how many Hondo Onaka pictures on Twitter did you see of this amazing animatronic? And we're talking amazing animatronic. I did see a couple. A couple. Yeah. Imagine if that was a Chewbacca animatronic. Oh, no, absolutely. How many would you see? They could have, the whole thing would have worked the same. Put a Chewbacca animatronic because Chewbacca was on the screen in the pre-show. Switch them around and you have thousands of pictures on Instagram and Twitter of this Chewbacca animatronic. That's all I was saying. I got in a little argument with somebody on Twitter about how I think it's weird that Hondo is the one that was chosen because he annoys me personally. There's so many other characters that they could have picked. But okay. anyway, I digress. Little nitpicky. Back but to like, the pre-show. Michelle doesn't know who. So Hondo talks about how he's putting together a crew. It kind of sounds like we're doing solo, except with a character that's not in solo. And he's telling I need a pilot. I need a gunner. I need engineers. Then you go, you split. One group goes left. One group goes right. You go down little windy hallway. And then you get to a room where they, you know, ask how many in your party. You get six people out there, and they hand you these cards. And your card shows you your um, job. This is the important part. You, you want a good job. You want a pilot. I'm not going to lie. You want a pilot. It's, it's as far as— Is it just one pilot? Two pilots. Two so pilots. There's a, so there's two of everything. There's a left and a right. Um, the left pirate, pilot control, and pirate um, controls the left to right steering. The right pilot controls the up and down. Oh, man, you want to work with someone you can communicate with. Yeah. And so the right pilot also gets to pull the lever for the jump to hyperspace. Ooh, so right side. Got it. Yeah, that's the job you want. However, the left pilot is the one that's key to not make everybody puke on you. Because one person we had just went left, right, left, right, like all the way. There was no in between. Kind of like how my mom drives with accelerator and brake. 
Um, the left pilot also has to hit a boost button. Not sure what a boost button is. Never heard of that in Star Wars. Hey, hit the boost. Has that ever been said? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Maybe in a, a, yeah, a book. I don't know. Anyway, so that's left, right pilot. Gunners, same job, left, right. You can put it on auto-aim or you can aim. But let's be honest, it's just three bit different buttons for non-auto-aim. So you're just pushing a button the whole time shooting. And then there's the engineer. Oh, so you don't get to aim? There's no joystick? There's no joystick in front of you. For the love of God, you're not really aiming then, right? That drove me nuts. So you're just pushing a button off to your left. Do, 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 the whole time. Or, like me, I just held it down and sat back. Because okay. I'm the laziest gunner there is. Um, and then the engineer job, whenever they pilots run into something, everything lights up over here, and you have to hit all the lights and turn them all off. So basically, your pilots are good. The engineer is fairly bored. Your pilots are crappy. Your engineer is constantly over here looking at the wall instead of looking at the screens because if they don't turn it all off, bad things happen. Good things and bad things can happen on this ride. So it does actually have an impact. Um, so those are the three jobs. Now say you get one you don't want. After you get the jobs, you go into like the holding area, which is the area with the table, with the chessboard. You can look around, you can mill around. That's where you get your picture. But some people would wait two hours for that picture, right? That picture blew up for us on all of our social that, media is you sitting there. Once again, that's bigger than the animatronic that they spent a ton of money on. And thank you. I don't know who it was, but someone said it looked bad with just you, like I was missing. So I can't remember who said yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, but you were missing. You. I was. I... Um, but yeah, sitting at that table is like the highlight, really. And then after that, if you've done Jimmy Kimmel at Universal, where they give you different colors, so your card with your job has a different color. And then they'll say, like, Orange Crew, and you go line up. And there's two different places to line up from there. And so if you really don't, like, you might be able to talk somebody into switching. I did give somebody a pilot card, and I regretted every second of it once they were steering because they had never done it, and I'd done it, like, three times already. So, and then you line up, then you go in. They yell at you to sit down, quit taking pictures. You fly, and uh, it's good. Alex and I flew together a couple times, and I will say, when we teamed up, we did really well. You're after a small spoiler. If you listen to the audio that we're going to put out there of the ride audio, I think it's oh, we already have posted it, probably. Um, we're after coaxium, which if you watch Solo, you learn like you know that's important because the last two movies in Star Wars canon have all been about fuel. We made it like eight movies and never talked about fuel. And yep. then the last two were all about fuel. Got yeah. Fuel. So is this ride. Oh, wonderful. Um, yeah. So we also saw in solo, like coaxium fell from a train into a mountain and it blew up the whole mountain. Mm -hmm. Right. So at one point they want, they want you to line up behind the train full of coaxium and you like get it. And then like, then you do it again. And if you're doing really good, you get two coaxiums. So that's how, you know, you like beat the game. You won, you got double coaxium. Um, and then you make the, the jump back home. How you know you failed, you do not get the second coaxium. Or you go to make the jump to hyperspace and you end up in an asteroid field lingering around trying to dodge asteroids because you ran into so many things that you broke the Millennium Falcon. Okay, so you can lose. You can lose. Now, if you haven't been on it eight times, you may not know that you're a loser. So, of course, when we were not piloting, I was not quiet 
about other people's failures. And Michelle would shush me, and I did not care. You so, are that kind of guy. Pilots deserve to get yelled at. There was one lady one time, she was like unaware she had to do anything. Like, give up the pilot seat if you don't want to do it, lady. They they tell you, like, right before you go in, you look at a little screen, kind of like um, you, know, you stand on your number in Flight of Passage yep. with a little screen on the wall. Like, you do that, and, like, they're very specific about your jobs. If you get that through that room and you don't understand what you're supposed to do, you either can't speak English, which I understand. Like, that's going to happen. That's going to be an issue. Or you just are clueless to the world around you. Oh, my gosh. This one lady, she, like, didn't want to steer. Her husband reached over and jumped us to little light speed there. I mean. And here's what you're saying is how many times you've actually ridden the attraction when we've all heard for, I don't know, two years now that it's going to be an eight hour wait and uh you're maybe going to, you'll get one time ever in your life to ride this attraction. And you said you did it nine times. I did it eight. Eight times. Yeah. Eight times. Um, That's eight times more than I thought you would. Seven times more than I thought I would, yeah. I don't know if you'd make it on it because I thought you were going to puke, but... Oh, also, in that front, I did really well. I did have a patch on, but I'm pretty sure I can do it without a patch. Okay. Especially if I'm the left pilot. If I'm the left pilot, I'm pretty sure I'm golden. But you're Uh, saying after... It's not much. But you're saying after June 23rd, 24th, you don't think it's going to be that system. It's going to be long lines, and you're not going to get that kind of opportunity. Yes. And people re- will re-ride until they're the pilot. That's what I'm thinking. Once once people are a pilot, they're going to, nah, I don't need to go again, like right away. But yeah, the re-rideability is there. It's not as, like, there's not that many variables. I think I saw all the variables in the eight time. And some people are talking about how interactive it is. Like, eh, is it? Is it? I mean, it is, but it... Ugh. Yeah, is it flight of passage? No, I don't think so. Okay, is it amazing? Yeah, but is it the best ride I've ever been on in my life? No, I've I've heard a lot of comparisons to it's a little bit better than Star Tours. I would I would give it that because Star Wars two makes me puke. Okay, well that's yeah. interesting to put it that way. Do you think the other attraction is going to be better? I hope so. Okay, we've been promised that it's the the ride to end all rides. That's, we have been promised that. So overall, it was a good ride. Should yeah, try to be the pilot. Uh, yes. I was hoping more from the gunner. Like I was kind of looking forward uh, to that gunner. position with a joystick I, and aim. like that's I, I'm right? a first person shooter kind of guy. I, I expected something to come out of the wall that you hold and you get to look forward. So if you look at your control panels as the engineer or the gunner, they're to the left. The screens to the front and above you. And like, so there's times when I was the engineer, I felt like all I was doing was pushing buttons. I'm like, oh yeah, I can watch the attraction too. Hmm. So, yeah, I see what you mean that people are going to want to be the pilot. That's that's why the time I recorded, I was the gunner and I just held the button down. And I had it on auto aim. I did nothing but hold the button down and record okay. what's happening. I might have yelled at the pilot. I can't remember. I will I have to have. listen to it. Yeah. Okay. okay. All right. And if you haven't listened to it, go listen to it. Yeah. All right. So there you go with uh, the Millennium Falcon attraction. And we still have a few more things I want to talk about in the land. And we are going to bring Alex onto the show to talk about some of the things he experienced that you didn't get to. But we talked about the cantina. What about other food options? 
you know, the cantina, yeah, that's not really meals in there. But the other food options, we have a uh, docking bay seven, like cargo and food docking bay seven, something like that. Oh, I could look at the real name here. Docking Bay 7, food and cargo. Grub from around the galaxy. So it's uh, similar to Soli Canteen. You know, they're they're being adventurous with the food. Um, Weird pictures you sent me. Nothing looks normal. My children might starve. Um, there is a chicken strip, essentially. Um, that's what Michelle got. It's like square chicken that's breaded. It's essentially a really weird chicken strip. Um I got the ribs. They were good. Weird to eat with a spork, but good. Um, yeah, it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't bad. I mean, you're not going to get burger and fries. It's this like a cold noodle salad of shrimp, too. I mean, it's kind of odd combos, but it's food. It was all right. Then there's also the... Uh, popcorn stand that has different flavored popcorn um i'm not sure we finished the little bag of popcorn between the three of us was it that bad that was not that good oh okay i don't want to call something bad off of one maybe i wasn't hungry but uh we did share that and i will say my diet coke was excellent out of its little uh thermal detonator case i Tasted just like Diet Coke back home, surprisingly, in the galaxy far, far away. Um, the bottle was cool. Really awkward to hold, though. Like, I know people are bringing it home. I'm like, I don't want to carry this around the whole day. So I, I threw mine in the old recycle bin. Glad I you did, recycled. Thank you for that. I did not, yeah, I did not care about bringing it home as a souvenir. Um, let's see. Then and there's also... Oh, the big ahead. question, blue milk versus green milk. Let's one more thing before Ooh, we get one more the thing big, before the big one. There's Ronto Roasters. It's a sausage wrap and beverage. It's like a like a, it's kind of like this wrap thing. That's I don't know. I would call it the turkey leg equivalent of Star Wars. Like it's the snack you can walk around with and eat. It it looked excellent. I did not have it. it smelled really good. They did sell a jerky there, and I did uh, have somebody tell me what that was like, and they said worse than eating leather. Oh, so that that did not get good reviews. Okay. The jerky, avoid the jerky. Um, hopefully they'll fix that. So on to the real question: blue milk, green milk. First of all, we got the ingredients list. They they touted it beforehand. It's not really milk. It's There's like, no milk. What? It's it's. I am shocked. Vegan. It's vegan. Quit calling it milk. I just okay. And you have two options, right? So the it is served kind of like icy. Not quite a slushy, not quite liquid, some weird consistency in between. I'm gagging a little bit, but go on. I like cold drinks, so that's that was a plus for me, right? I like, if I'm going to have a daiquiri, I want it, you know. I like my milk curled, got it. It's not really milk, it's, it's juice. I know. So, um, the blue milk kind of tasted like a sweet tart that's the way john raises described it i can't take credit for that initial but i had that in my mind tasted it, i'm like oh yeah i can see that description if i ever wanted to drink all the flavors of a sweet tarts from the little roll blended together and iced up that's it okay that does that's not sound good milk. it was diabetes a, in a cup i was no i don't think it wasn't that sweet no oh no, never mind no not even more no. tart yeah, I mean, it was something. 
I did finish it. So That's there you good. go. We but got a about... blue milk and a green milk yeah. to split with the three of us. The green milk, we, we threw away 90% of it. It went into the trash can. And I mean, the other week, Derek, you described me as a pretzel because I'm doughy, which means I'm not afraid to eat things. And we threw away the milk, the $8 milk. We, there was no there was no stopping it. It was like, you want any more? Nope. Do you want it? Nope. Nope. It, gone. Um, it tasted like, you know, the old ladies at church that like you sneeze after they give you a hug because of their perfume. It's so floral. It tasted like old lady perfume. Ooh, yeah. sounds delightful. And then like it has like a slimy texture to it when it's in your mouth that you can't get rid of until you go back and you take a drink of the blue milk for improvement. So the green milk, really bad. I've heard I that. You're not the lie. only one that I've seen. I, I saw Twitter and people talking yeah, bad I, about it. And and I like, it's, once I saw it was frozen-ish, I was like, oh, this might be, I might be good. But no. I mean, just have a stinking milkshake, a blueberry milkshake like they did during Star Wars weekend. Nothing special. And then have like, the green milk be, be the blue milk, but make it green. And that was, I mean, I applaud them for trying to do something for the people that lack all the allergies, right? It, this was as allergy friendly as a thing, but both of them are. Maybe one could be, because I have allergies. I talk with food allergy group people. We love Larry on our show. It's great for them, but oh man, they didn't just swing and miss. It's like they didn't get the out bat. They went to bat in the wrong order. You know how you get that outage? Yep. I, I don't. I mean, Derek, it was bad. The, the green milk is bad. And yet here I am thinking to myself, I'm still going to spend the $8 and try it. Do not. Get the blue milk. It's it's questionable enough. Okay. Um, Only get the green milk if, like, you're buying it for your children and you want to, like. You know my blessed. son's going to want the green milk. Then you let him drink it, That's and like, if do. he says it's okay, you're like, okay, finish it. And then it will be a little standoff between him and the green milk and see if he can finish it, because I couldn't. Okay. Was, I, if, whenever that time gets here, I will record Declan and his green milk for sure. That will be spectacular. I'm not going to make my kids drink it. I, like that's, that's where I'm at on that. Okay. Like, I'm not that again. Until they say, like, new and improved, like new Coke new green milk and it's actually milk and it doesn't taste like I'm licking a perfume sample. Wow. I I can actually taste that in my mouth right now. Gross. Um, or let's, let's move on. There's a couple things I want to cover in the land. Cause I'm sure we could talk about milk and, uh, for a while, okay. but let's talk about shopping and I know we're going to okay. bring Alex on with some of the other shopping, but souvenirs, what were you seeing? Uh, so they have a lot of, plushies the stuffed animal things uh we did get one of those for each kid those were spectacular the shopping's like down one corridor that's kind of not covered i i really wish in florida they would actually dome it in with some glass so that when it rains not everybody's getting soaked because everybody's going to get soaked in this land um but the the shopping literally literally holes in the wall they're not very big there is no gigantic shop in this land. Which surprises me so much. Blows my mind. I understand theming and all, but you know what? People in Star Wars have to buy stuff too. Yep. Right? Like, they're, they're going to need to. That's why they're keeping tattooing traders open. 
Right? They're going to have to. They yeah. have no choice. They're going to have to to sell all the regular – because there is no, like, Yoda T-shirt that says, judge me by my size, you do. You know, there's none of that. Um, it's all – more star wars like could exist in star wars and then there's like the random star wars t-shirt and pin and lanyard and key like one place had that stuff but it, not very much and there's a lot of weird little creatures that you can get kind of like the banshee but it's the the little squirrel monkey dude uh we did not buy one of those but we did buy a plushie for each kid we got an ahsoka for sam a uh, Yoda or Chewbacca, I can't remember, for Alden, and a Porg, of course, for Claire, because Claire is made out of Porgs, potentially. I've seen it. Yeah, the shopping, not not that exciting. Um, there's some interesting, weird little things, but not much of it. There is a First Order store, too, but it's also not very big, either. Um, yeah, and then, like, the characters will wander through the middle of the shopping area. There are no character meet and greets. That was my next question. So, which is great and horrible at the same time. But you have walk-around characters, but you can't yeah. really get pictures with so, them. So, can't, and their character handler just spends 90% of the time yelling, we will not be stopping for pictures. We will not. So, talk all you want about the great theming and how the characters are interacting with the land. And it's amazing. It's not amazing when you have a character handler screaming, we're not taking pictures. We're yes. not taking, like... Who, it, so Chewbacca I saw, but who else was Chewbacca, there? Chewbacca, Ray, Kylo Ren, Stormtroopers. Okay. So, you know, remember when they first announced this, like, it wouldn't be set during any particular period so that we're not stuck with certain characters, yet they put it all in the time frame of the current trilogy. So Imagineers... Which makes me it, wonder when it happens at Disney World, will they still have the Kylo Ren and Chewbacca meet and greets in... The launch bay. I don't know. I don't know. Um, they don't at Disneyland anymore. I sure hope so because they still people, have Darth Vader right in the launch bay. There. I don't know what's in the launch bay, dude. All that's in the launch bay is the gift shop and getting your wristbands to go in the land. That's oh, where okay. you go to get your wristbands. So it's like. Well, I thought Darth Vader because they're still promoting the credit card uh, thing. Uh, maybe just the credit card one. I don't know. We. We basically did nothing else except Star Wars. Someone, and... someone answer me that question that's listening to the show if they're yeah. at Disneyland. If I should look, I'll look it up too. Yeah, uh, so I'm, I don't, I'm curious. I was, I was oblivious. We were all about Galaxy's Edge. So there you go. That's the shopping. I did buy things, but not. I we had a much bigger shopping budget than we used. I'll put it that way. Okay, that's and alarming, right? That is. And when you go back with kids, you have to use some of that money well, with them. When we go back to kids, we're definitely going to be doing a couple of things that Alex is going to come on to talk to about in a minute here. Yep. And before we bring Alex on, I do want to uh, say you didn't spend the whole time in Star Wars. You did leave for a little bit. Yeah, we, we had to leave for a little bit. Um, you got kicked out for a bit and then went back yep. at night. But before we talk about Star Wars at night, what did you do that I love uh, at Disneyland? Mr. Toads. I know you did that. I know you went to hell, but there okay, was another so, one that I, you did. For some reason, went on Hyperspace Mountain. And I don't know why. And I recorded it for you, the listeners. And it, Hyperspace Mountain is really loud, so I don't know how much you hear me. But I was a hot mess after that. I could barely move. I don't think Alex had seen me struggle with motion sickness before, so that was fun. Um, I was a disaster. Yeah for about an hour i somehow made it to buzz and went on that but i didn't do very i just kind of shot my gun randomly 
it was it was devastating. It but is, uh, it is recorded and it's going to be up on our Patreon site. Yeah. So if you so, want to hear Doug struggling and moaning and complaining uh, with a lot of Star Wars music in the background, please visit our Patreon site. You can find it in the show notes. Uh, Two dollars and you get to hear Doug. Yeah. Yeah. So that happened. Yeah. We didn't do much else. Well, and, uh, you had to yeah. save some of your energy because you went back to Galaxy's Edge. Last thing before Alex comes on, how beautiful was everything during the day versus during the night? It's pretty neat. Um, I don't know if I like it better day or night. You know, it, it they lit it really well. Um, it is dark in areas, but it's pretty neat. And you can also see fireworks really well. However, they don't play the music, of course, because you're on Bat 2, so... But a lot of fireworks, so we have a lot of neat pictures of fireworks over the spires. Cool. Um, yeah, but it's but worth cool. going back in at night and checking out. Yeah, if you can, I like like Pandora. It's worth it. But if same time, if it's gonna totally rearrange your trip, like I don't know that it's worth it. Like you're not missing out. I think it's definitely nice and a nice bonus. But it's not the end of the world. It was also definitely more crowded at night when we went. We waited longer to ride Smuggler's Run at night than we did at any point during the day. There was a point where we walked on Smuggler's Run three times in a row without stopping until we got to the pre-show. I don't understand. It was you 20 minutes. You texted me that, and I don't. And it was hard. I was you texting during so the pre-show. You are so lucky. Because I, we, it was just a constant movement. And it was, so it was about 20 minutes a cycle. So in an hour, we did it three times. And, yeah, it was a lot of walking. We got our steps in. So if you want to experience that, just pack up your bags, call Michelle, go now. Yeah, go now. Like, you need to book now. There are still rooms available somehow. I mean, there are $400 a night rooms at Paradise Pier, but you're going to get at least two rides in. Grant, we had three different segments. You're not going to get that now because the public – that had access at those is already done and gone. Now you're only going to get a four hour slot, but if you get that 8 a.m. one rope drop the cantina and then a smuggler run it up, um, unless you're wanting to build a lightsaber or do a droid. And that's what we're going to talk about next with Alex. Sounds good. All right, here we go. Bring it on Alex. All right. Well, we would like to welcome on Mr. Alex Sinek, the best co-pilot this side of the outer rim Alex, welcome on, and uh, tell us a little bit about your journey to Batuu with your daughters. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on again. Um, you know, after going on Wednesday with just adults, going in on uh, Saturday, I kind of had different uh, expectations, kind of. The, so just to backtrack, I have a 15-year-old, a 12-year-old, and a 9-year-old, all girls, and uh, we flew in from Phoenix on Saturday, uh, went uh, church, hotel, dinner, and then and we had an 8 p.m. Galaxy's Edge reservation. And so, which was different than when we did it on Wednesday, we just had the 8 a.m. And so it was first time for me to go at night. And I was really interested to kind of get the impression that the girls were going to have of their first visit to Batu as well. So we go in and... First thing I noticed, it was way more people than there were on uh, Wednesday. So we kind of had to, uh, you know, change some things. And the priorities for me going in was Droid Depot, Savvy's Workshop, 
the cantina if possible. And then a smuggler's run since we'd gotten ratted so many times on Wednesday. Uh, we walk in immediately know the atmosphere. You can tell the background noise uh, is amazing. Very, very similar to Pandora. And so, uh, you could tell, you know, the, uh, X wing was, was, uh, lighting up. So we, we entered in through the resistance side, uh, okay. but by, by country bear. And, uh, you know, there was still, there was, uh, some resistance people walking around, you know, plenty of people playing, uh, the Disney play app game, the, um, and then, but, you know, all of the, uh, both of the vehicles right there were making noise and, you know, kind of had some kinetic mo- motion to it. Uh, we walked through uh, and immediately tried to go over to Savvy's uh, workshop. Uh, I got my place in line and realized once we got in the line that I didn't want to spend 90 minutes waiting to pay. And then have a return time for sometime, you know, 11, 15, 11, 30 p.m. at night. And so we got out of Savvy's uh, and decided to just to go walk around and enjoy the, uh, the atmosphere. Uh, so in the evening, there, then, what did you end up doing atmosphere-wise? Did you go get in line for Smuggler's Run or did you go uh, enjoy a, a green milk? So we did not. We ended up going, uh, walking through the Droid Depot Everything had a line. Every um, Doc Ondar's uh, Den of Mystics had a line. Uh, Savvy's had a line. Ogus Cantina, the line was shut off. Um, Droid Depot was, you know, wrapped around uh, kind of twofold. And so, <clears throat> and then since it was the opening, uh, Smuggler's Run had like a, a 60 minute wait. And so we decided to kind of walk around and, uh, you know, we showed him around the bazaar and tried to show him some of the different things. We got a picture in front of a million Falcon since that uh, line wasn't too long. And it was just, you know, get something different at night. Just wanted to do something uh, that wasn't standing in a line. And, and so, which, you know, at night, and I, you know, I'm assuming this is going to be how it's going to be in Disney World at night. It's going to be just as popular as it is during the day. Mm-hmm. And so just like Pandora, right? Everybody talks about how Pandora, you have to go at night. You know, it's completely uh, similar to, to that where I was really, really impressed with the, with the nighttime. Um, so we did eventually, uh, we, we, we tried to mobile order a, a blue milk, but the, our return time wasn't until like 9.30. So I placed the order anyway, and the line was huge. And so placed the order for the blue milk. Uh, we kind of walked around uh, in the bazaar, um, and then eventually found our way into Smuggler's Run because the kids are really uh, chomping up the bit to go uh, into, into Smuggler's Run. So went and did that, and we were a party of four, which I found was a huge advantage for us um, because we essentially got two pilots and two gunners every time we rode. Nice. And so, yes. And so uh, engineer is, uh, in my opinion, probably the least appealing it's almost like you should get a fast pass to come back on if you're engineer. Almost. Yeah. You, you know, I, it's probably for someone who maybe, uh, maybe might get a little motion sick or, or just wants uh, to watch or for, or for a younger kid or for someone who wants to film or yeah. Or somebody who just, you know, doesn't, doesn't care either way. Uh, pilot is definitely the most interactive, the most difficult mm-hmm. gunners is even fascinating. I tried to do the manual, uh, one time and that was hard to do. Uh, I was 
I was not very successful as a manual gunner. So automatic is that are in uh, the, the, the trip, the trick that I learned is you don't have to keep press, pressing it. You can just hold it down and it shoots, which I didn't realize. How long did it take you to learn that trick? Cause that's all I did ever when I was the gunner. <laughs> well, I just, I just, you know, I'm a kid at heart. I like to just see how many times I can press the stupid button. And so, uh, but I did figure out how to, how to do the break on the pilot on the left. Did pilot. you? It, it's the, so the blue button that you press the booster, the boost there's button. The, no, there's the red button right next to it. That's the break button. Oh, wow. So that's a big tip because it doesn't light up when you're supposed to hit it. So what happens it, when you hit it? Do you actually stop and not run into we, that thing? We we stopped and didn't run into the thing, but you still fall over because oh, you're so. you're you're harpooned, you're tethered to the uh, to the train. So and so essentially, so I just pressed it. I just pressed it kind of kind of randomly, and so uh, so yeah. So that was that was pretty neat. So yes, yeah, so we did uh, smuggler's run. Um, came out our um, mobile order was ready, and when I got to the mobile order, there was nobody in line, and <laughs> every and. But all of the the Ogas line was still long, the Droid Depot line was long, and the Sabres, uh, the uh, Doc Ondor's line was long, which I still don't understand why people are waiting in line for Doc Ondor. Yeah, Doc Ondor's is one thing I did not mention in the show earlier. It's basically a gift shop with a lot of very uh, Easter egg type things, a lot of stuff on the wall. It's for that really big Star Wars fan. That's what that shop is. Yeah, it's uh, it, you know the animatronic is fantastic, mm-hmm. and uh, he, she, it, whatever it, it is, uh, you know, will talk and kind of make that murmuring noise. The appeal that I that I learned, and but Doug, you probably knew this that the um, in the morning, uh, you can buy uh, all day long. You can buy kyber crystals in there, and mm-hmm. in the morning, the big appeal is they put out like five or ten black kyber crystals that are for yeah. Kylo Ren. And uh, there's apparently lights where you can go, where you can, uh, they're all, they appear red, but they're actually black. And, but there's lights right next to it. If you hold up the Kyber crystal to it, it'll, it'll show as black. And that's, that's where people run to first. If you want a black Kyber crystal for your, uh, for your, for your, for, your, for, your uh, for your light, for your lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah. So. And then they, and the Kyber crystals, you have holocrons in there and you can get different Kyber crystals to put in your holocron and they give you different messages and so, like, Samantha, my daughter, might get a real kick out of that, where my other children will probably go like, eh. And this is a $200 lightsaber, am I right? No. These are just the kyber crystals. Oh, just the kyber crystals yeah. that go into yeah. the lightsaber. Got it. Yeah, I think they're, I think they're $12. They're $12. They're, yeah, they're not so, easy. Yeah, they're not. They're not. But it's it, it, this Doc Condors is, is kind of similar to, I guess, uh, like um, – Skipper's Canteen, where it has kind of all the stuff on the walls, and it's yeah. like really high, highly themed, you know, a lot more so than some of the other things that are. It's all kind of subtle theming. Yeah, this has a lot of the. It's full of Easter eggs. All posts a lot of pictures of Doc Ondors, and it. And you can also buy lightsabers there, but they're ones that are somebody's life. Lights. I can't talk now. Lightsaber. Lightsaber. Not a lifesaver. A lightsaber. Yeah. Yeah, so you're not building your own there, but you can go buy a two hundred dollar one. Uh, is someone else's? Like yeah, you can, and you can buy a cut. Yeah, a custom, already built lightsaber in Doc Ondars, which a couple of people were doing that that didn't get in the Sabis. But it's, 
I'd much rather wait to do the line at Savi's than buy something off the rack. But on Saturday night, we ended up uh, riding Smuggler's Run five times. Wow. Uh, which was which was pretty pretty good. We um, we made it out right around um, 945, 940. Uh, we, we caught the tail end of uh, Disneyland Forever. The, they started Disneyland Forever this, uh, for the summer, mm, the yeah. new, their new fireworks. And so and it was actually a pretty neat vantage point. Uh, I su- suggest standing on the steps right in front of Docking Bay 7. Yeah. And you can, yep. they have that vantage point above the Falcon, above those you know, a couple of spires right there. So it's a turns out, but it's really kind of a bizarre because you don't hear anything. You just hear the bursts. And so you can't yeah. hear any, any of the music or any of the soundtrack or anything. You just hear the burst. And so it's just, it's kind of a bizarre uh, setup. And it's an interesting vantage point. You can see the, the, the burst perfectly because you're kind of, that's, you're kind of equidistant to where you're, um, I guess, perpendicular to where they're actually firing them off from. And so a uh, pretty good vantage point. It does look neat. So then uh, you headed back to the room, called it a day. Yeah, I that? guess we left. Yeah. We left about eleven thirty. I guess we rode a couple of times after the fireworks. Okay. Um, try, you know, same deal. Try to see if we could get into some of the some of the shops. Try to get into the canteen. Try to, and at eleven thirty, Doc Ondar still had a had a line, which was oh. I think was insane. That is and insane. So, so yeah, Disney, do you feel like Disney kind of swung in a miss with how popular or how? Because I mean, you think. More people you get into the uh, the stores, the more money people are going to spend. Well, they're full. I mean, it's not like they're not letting you know. It's not like they're empty. They're they're completely filled to the brim. I think they have you know the the people's wallet. They just you know it's it's everything else that you want to do. And, and you know you just got to have to make a choice. You know uh, on what you want to do. Uh, if you want to go stand in line for Doc Ondars, or you want to go stand in line for the for the Falcon you know stand in line for the cantina or you know stand in line for the droid depot the droid depot line was just as long at eleven thirty as it was when we were walking at eight o'clock wow so the next morning what did you rope crop first so we um we had a late start and so we didn't queue up i guess until about six forty-five, and i guess we were about halfway back and um yeah, eventually uh through some um hyperspeed and you know sophisticated traveling we got uh, until about the first quarter of the queue and uh i knew uh you know i probably you know out of the 500 or so people that were in front of me i would say 400 were walking to ogas and the so cantina I, is popular yeah and so you so the cast members they're in that kind of that wall you know, directing people right, follow, go right to go to go get in line for the cantina, and we just immediately I, I got I cut through because I knew where to go, and cut through to go left. Um, we had had a made a plan. I was going to go to Savi's. Uh, my daughters were going to go to the Droid Depot, and so I got in line at Savi's. I was about half halfway through the queue, and then uh, we had I had a 9:30 return time. So I guess there was, hmm. you know, 14 times, you know. It's every 20 minutes. So three, you know, I was probably about 60 people back wow. from there. And then my daughter, she was the, she was, they were the second people in line at Droid Depot. And so, which I didn't expect. And so she had, they had to come run, get my credit card. Then they had to, you know, to pay for it. And then they had to run, come give me my credit card back so I could pay for mine. Huh. And uh, so I stayed in line. I, I was in line. I didn't pay 
for Savi's until 8.30. And by that time, my kids were already done building the droid. So the Droid Depot, you pick out your parts and then you put it together, right? That's basically the gist of it. And you can make all kinds of different droids, lots of different colors, different types of droids. What what did your girls put together? So my girls made a exact replica of BB-8, which they could have purchased off the shelf uh, <laughs> and, and, and wasted no time. Um, you know, I, I'm slightly on you know don't understand disappointed you know whatever but but happy they at least compromised and they didn't actually murder each other in the middle of galaxy's edge and so um you know it was it's a it's a fun little thing it moved around and rolled around um you know they didn't get a personality chip so it doesn't interact with any of the other droids when we were in the airport coming back um they had a couple of, you know, a bunch of people who had droids who trying to get on the plane and they chirped the whole time. So, but they, they loved it. They, and then same. That's all that matters. MCO is going to love these things. Yeah. The cast member that was, um, uh, helping them out was very helpful. And so they got done pretty fast. And I guess the, the cast members who'd been working there, they probably had a, you know, they now have a, you know, a couple weeks, you know, training under their belt that they're actually very, uh, good, at uh, helping uh, guests make their choices. So you made the droid. Now, the other big thing that I didn't get to experience that you guys did is building that lightsaber. So there's only 14 people every 20 minutes, real personalized experience. Uh, Give us a little summary of that real quick. So Savvy's not something that I thought I wanted to do until I kind of read and heard some of the people who who did it and talked about how... creative experience it was and uh you know in the interest for uh giving advice to my clients i you know sucked on my sucked one up for the team and decided to do it myself and uh once we once i found i was far enough in the queue that i wouldn't be wasting time while we were down there uh ended up getting in getting in the queue for savvies they uh come around and um there's one cast member and she you know she asked builder you know, how many builders do you have? Which we had one builder, and um, she hands you a card, and that's essentially your group. And then, uh, meanwhile, people are paying. You know, paying. There's only two cash registers, and so it's a very slow process. And you're, you know, couple switchbacks back and forth. Uh, there are some some crates and stuff that you can scan. You can use the Disney Play app where you can, you know, tune in and find some radars and and, and do other things like that. But they're you're essentially just standing at a at an empty queue or a full queue, you know, with not much to, else to do. Um, they eventually come around and they ask you which four do you want, you know, the, um, what's the, it's the peace and justice is one, the uh, defense and protection is one, the elemental nature is one, and then the, uh, what's the, it's the power, the, I guess it's the red, the Kylo Ren one, mm-hmm. and so, or the dark side one. And so they ended up, um, you choose that and then they give you a pen uh, that matches your choice and then eventually once you pay you're given a return time and then another card which i guess essentially says you you paid and this is you know where you were uh your group but you you go from a plastic card to like a paper card and um so we returned at 9 30 um our group didn't start until 9 50 essentially we got there and the group that was waiting you know they went from the queue into the workshop and um 
they ended up, um, you know, going in. And so uh, it was a, you know, really great experience. Uh, probably the best cast member I've ever been around. I won't spoil, give away many of the details, but uh, in 20 minutes uh, after making some good choices and some great uh, spiels, we ha had a lightsaber. And it's just kind of that special moment when you're holding it and it makes the noise. Uh, really fantastic experience. Highly, highly recommend it. But it's one of those things, um, if you know, on your trip, you have to make a choice if you're going to go to the cantina or go to uh, Savvy's workshop first thing in the morning. Nice. So 20 minutes of magic. Not going to spoil it. I like it, Alex. But so how did your girls respond when you built the lightsaber? So, you know, they're they were respectful, but, you know, they both wanted, you know, everybody all wanted to do something. And it's really kind of a there's not much space, very small. And so it's not <laughs> for everyone. And so uh, there was a few kids in there who were putting theirs together, but I certainly wasn't, you know, popping down another 200 for a, a lightsaber, you know, just so they could build one on their own. And then at that point, if you buy one for one, you got to buy one for them all. And so mm -hmm. I certainly wasn't, wasn't doing that. Not going to so do I a $600 jump. a day. <laughs> uh, 800. 800. Yeah. 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 And then so, it's not that question. magical. <laughs> well, last question about the lightsabers out. How did you get it home on the plane? Because we saw multiple things happen to lightsabers on our flight. How did you take care of it on the plane ride home? Well, you could bring it on to Smuggler's Run. And so I, luckily, I, after our time was over, I went back to the hotel, put it with the checked luggage, and then I just put it under – I put it in the uh, overhead bin, but I put it all the way in the back as far as I could and kind of put our other bag in front of it. Okay. And so as much as I could spread it out as much as I could, so it wouldn't um, get damaged no, after hearing your anecdote from your travels last time. Yeah. So luckily, yeah, so. luckily, yeah. Luckily our uh, flight wasn't full, but I don't see if you're going to get one of those things, you have to have a plan on how to keep it. They're certainly not letting you take that thing on rock and roll coaster or slinky dog or Tower no. of Terror. And so um, you gotta have to have a plan. It's not fitting in the locker, so I don't know what they're gonna it, what they're gonna let you do. It does not collapse. It stays extended the whole time, and it is fragile. And like these people put two lightsabers up in the bin, kind of catty cornered, like, and they didn't put any bags in front of them. Then like, just, I mean, they're running out of bin space. Somebody just takes their bag and just whew, right on top of it, and the lady's like there's something fragile up there and i'm thinking like yeah it's done like it's yeah. it is over two hundred dollars well spent no four hundred there was two of four hundred there you go they needed like like you said alex put it straight across the back put your bags in front of it you should be good that's a great plan but i yeah, yeah. so i think that that's does it i think uh, i think we end it there that's our uh galaxy's edge trip to batu with alex and nick one quick Where? question, Alex. Who's a better pilot, yeah. you or Doug? Um, or I'm Michelle? The, uh, it's, oh, definitely not, Michelle. it's definitely not Michelle. <laughs> not the sponsor of the show. <laughs> and then it's definitely not those two people we rode with. So. Oh, my gosh. We rode with some bad ones. <laughs> there is. Uh, I, I yelled a few times at the pilots. I'm not going to lie. I did. Yeah. I, Alex so. and I worked well together. We did. We did work well together. You can't. It's not a one-man job. It's just like doing the we. So you know, and you, and it's subtle. If you really over, if you really exaggerate, you're you are going to overcorrect. So it's very very subtle movements. That's the the, the one big tip.
right. but nothing else is subtle. Press those buttons as hard as fast as you can. So, or just hold it down like the same person. <laughs> good. Uh, these are all good wait. tips. You're making me really excited to go check it out. And Doug, I know it was said if you want to do it, go now. June 23rd, 24th, it all changes. Uh, you can get more done if you stay on property. So call Michelle. Her email is or is in the show notes as well. So get a hold of her and get those travel destinations. Or go with me when I go to Walt Disney World in August uh, for opening day. I probably won't be opening day, but uh, I am hopefully opening day, day three. three. Yeah, day something three, like day that. Day four, somewhere in there. We'll that figure would be it out. the blood has dried in the streets uh, of the uh, people who are camping out two days prior yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. But I'm looking forward to doing it and trying the milk and all the attractions. Alex, thank you so much for sharing on the lightsaber that I don't think I'm going to do right away. $200, Doug, your kids I are going to want to do it. I have a gut feeling that in October with my kids, we're coming away with two droids and a lightsaber. I'm just going to start, start the money saving away. now. Yep. Good luck. Well, we'll be in to come get a teeth cleaning or something to help build that back up. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to our Galaxy's Edge review. And be sure to go onto all the social medias and give us a like. And be sure to help us out on Patreon. That is in the show notes. And, of course, book all your travel with Michelle McKnight. She is the rope drop queen. And you can get a hold of her through us as well. But for Alex and Doug, I'm Derek. You've been listening to Rope Drop Radio.